Welcome to No Teacher Left Behind with Christine Hurt and Natalie McIntosh for humorous musings from the teacher's lounge. Hey, Natalie. Hi, Christine. Welcome back. I know. For us, okay, we got to talk about the timing of the yeah. thing. I feel like when we started this almost a year ago, because yes. currently at the time of this recording, it is December, yes. and we started this journey a year ago. Yes. Uh, we were gung-ho on fire, and I think we recorded like nine episodes or something ridiculous yeah, in, in the, a short amount of time. In a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yes. And then we were like pretty regular about posting them and things yeah. like that. And then life happened. Oh, uh, life. Oh, it happens. <laughs> yeah. You popped out a baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just popped. Went to school. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I... I've been thinking a lot about it, and sometimes I'm like, well, that's not very professional. Or I have all these judgy thoughts that yes. come in and be like, I'm, I'm not being a very professional podcast. And then I yeah. have to remind myself, I'm not a professional <laughs> podcaster. Bingo. I'm a hobbyist. <laughs> and you get what you pay for, <laughs> folks. Yeah, so, yeah, if you want more regular <laughs> postings. Feel free to hire us. It's fine. <laughs> totally. Um, and then the other thing is, sometimes I beat myself up also for the uh, infrequency, I should say. <laughs> of uh social media type of things um but again it's it's you know what we do the best we can with what we got yep and we do what we can and uh, i have a lot of ideas about how to proceed and sometimes that idea pops into my head of i've got to be all prepared before i pull the trigger on something and Mm. that's a lie that i tell myself because it's scary to start you know so when i say I want to start doing these type of posts, you know, asking questions and getting answers and things like that. I, I think to myself, well, now I've got to generate a a list of posts and I've got to like set it all and figure out how to schedule them and blah, 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 blah. And so I make the process in my mind more complicated than it really needs to be because I could just pull up Facebook and make a post. Yeah. And I do that too. I, I find the reason to be twofold. One, the process of that is fun for me. Like that's making those lists and generating all those ideas and getting ready to get ready. It's so fun for me. Me too. That organization piece is so fun for me. I want to make context maps and then Uh make an outline. Uh All this crap. (laughs) I don't really need it. And then I need to buy eight books and read them all. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I need 12 notebooks dedicated to, (laughs) you know, all of my ideas and different categories. Yes. Yes. Um, but the other part is the, the vulnerability Mm -hmm. that comes from starting. Yes. And th- I think part of why it's so fun is because I get to live in this world where I haven't put myself out there yet. So mm. I can be in my head all success. Yes. And I haven't had to put myself at risk of failing right. or falling short or somebody not liking it. Right. Um, like here's a really good example, actually. Uh, one of our episodes... Uh, one of our recent episodes, uh, the one where we were asked at the very end about governor school, and yeah. we answered them. Yeah, you know the question as best we could. Um, I had a teacher who listened uh, come up to me and said, "Yeah, what you said about governor school was wrong." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Well, <laughs> but I feel like we said that. Yeah, we said <laughs> that. We we're like, "This is probably wrong because oh, we don't know." I don't know. Yeah. We're not governor school teachers. You know, yeah. if you don't know what episode I'm talking about, it's okay. You're fine. Yeah. But uh, there, you know, I'm. Willing, it's, it's, I got to remind myself of those type of situations where I can make a mistake 
and people notice and I'm still alive and I'm still breathing yeah. and that person doesn't think any less of us. Right. She loves what we're doing. Yeah. Um, she just wanted to point out that, that you, you know, know, the information was correct yeah. and incorrect. And I was like, oh, okay, well, well cool. Cool. Um, maybe I'll get the correct information and put that out on the podcast also yeah. or put it in a post or, or what have yeah. you. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to us and you're just fed up with us like making mistakes or not making any sense well you know there's a lot of other podcasts out there <laughs> and the, we're open to feedback probably, i think yeah. we made that pretty clear yeah. too that you know let us know yeah definitely. um you know just like your friend did with the governor's school just let us know like hey that thing you said it it doesn't jive with what i know so right. you know and see something um, that i was scared that would happen happened yes. and i was able to like and kind you, of just think my way through it and be like, oh, well, I'm I'm still okay. I'm yeah. still good. I lived to tell the tale. Yeah. So if I can remember those type of instances, maybe it will be easier to like dip the yes. toe in the pond. Sometimes yes. I think I've got to be like all in. Yeah. No, I can I can take a step. Yeah. And know? and this makes me think of because I was just thinking, I don't know that there's any group more equipped to give grace to people with too much on their plate than teachers. True. So I think our audience, you know, of teachers, um, and people who have empathy for teachers, forgive us yes. <laughs> for having too much on our plate and, and not being super regular with this. Um, but then it also, you know, talking about that, not wanting to start for fear of it not going well. And then mm -hmm. but having the experience of doing it, it's okay. Even if it doesn't work out, you're okay. Right. Um, and how often, in the classroom, I have found myself doing that very thing when presented with a new idea or a new way of doing something, um, being afraid to start because, right. well, what if it doesn't work out? What if the students don't take to it? What if it's a disaster? What if it's a huge waste of time? Um, first of all, it almost never is any of those things. And even when, if, if it is those things, it's okay. Right. So, um, yeah. and, and that's not necessarily what our whole topic about today is, but whole topic today is about whatever that grammar was terrible. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but it just, it just popped into my head yeah. and I thought was worth, worth mentioning. Cause I think that's something that we teachers deal with a lot in our day to day is, being presented with a new idea and kind of getting excited about it, but feeling like, you know, we don't have everything we need in place perfectly ahead of time to be able to do it. Right. And then the moment sort of passes us by and we never do get the opportunity to try that something right. new. Um, and, you know, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't wait to have all of the pieces perfectly well, we didn't when we started this journey. Heck no. We, we just still said, don't. Hey, but can that's we okay. record on this day? Sure, come <laughs> in and record. And then we just took it from yeah, there. Yeah, and here we are a year later, still still making it happen, still having a good time. So, um, And that's yeah. what we said that we would do. As long yeah. as we were having fun with it, as long as we were still interested in it, as still yeah. as the process still lights us up, yeah. then we continue doing it. And if it ever becomes more burdensome and icky feeling... yeah. Then it's time to reassess. Yeah. Yeah. If it feels like, you know, this is just a huge burden and we're not getting anything out of it, then why keep 
Right. Keep it on. And our we full definitely plates. want our sound engineer Brent to be included yes. in that too, because he is a senior in high school. Yes. Getting ready to go off to do wonderful, wonderful things yes. in college, and I definitely want him to feel like if this is getting to be way much <laughs> i may have to learn some editing yeah <laughs> techniques yeah we may have to sooner than later yeah have to uh you know brush up on our own sound engineering <laughs> uh learning because um he is talk about somebody with a lot on their plate yes um and he he works very hard on this for us and we appreciate him very very much and we don't pay him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he gets the same salary we do. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Um, <laughs> anyway, having said all that, was there any other uh, housekeeping, administrative, top of the hour kind of stuff you wanted to talk well, about? Well, I mean, we still. I, the, the <laughs> I just apologized for not having uh, social media as current as I would like it, but we still have them. Yes. Um, so you can go to No Teacher Left Behind podcast on Facebook. You can, on Instagram, go to no underscore teacher underscore left underscore behind. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, On Instagram, I was like, is there another underscore? (laughs) I kept wanting to add underscores. And then uh, things like that. And I... What's our email address? What is our email address? I think it's... hmm, No teacher left behind. Is it... Does it have a podcast thing? Oh, okay. Well, I got to look that up. See, it's been a while since we've done that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to rummage through my bag for a second. Okay, so I'll just hold down the fort here um. Um, while, while Natalie looks at it. Because we don't want to give you the wrong email address. We don't want you emailing other people about how much you love us. Because we do want you to email us about how much you love us. Yes. That, well, yeah. Or um, email, or us, about email us about how wrong we are. That's fine, too. We're totally into it. How, um, how is your your young one now? My how old is your young? <laughs> my youngest one. He is seven months now, which is hard to believe. He is crawling. He's getting lightning fast on all fours. Um, and I love this age. Yeah, and he's age. just delightful. He's a he's a really happy go lucky baby. As long as he is fed and he's had enough sleep, which is hard these days. He's like allergic to sleep now but as long as he's fed and well rested and you know snuggling he's happy as can be and he he smiles and giggles a lot so that's awesome yeah i love it when they start laughing so yeah. cute all right well thank you for stretching that there you I go got the email address it's no teacher left behind podcast i couldn't remember if it, podcast was yeah. in there or not but it's no teacher left behind podcast at gmail.com so all right um so we went through all of that work for you I think there's Listeners. like six emails in there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. you know, fill up our email box. We want to we want to hear from you. So totally. um, whether it's you love us or you want to correct us or you <laughs> have things that you want us to talk about or things that you want to share based on things that we've talked about, you know, bring it our way. We'd love to hear about it. That would be great. So yeah. um, so now that we've gotten all of the housekeeping stuff gone. Um, I'll move to my topic for this episode which is something that I have been I don't have an article or anything that I have read about or researched but it's just been something that's been on my mind lately which is um being a teacher and a parent at the same time <laughs> yeah I have a little experience yeah yeah, yeah. um Natalie and I are both teachers and parents and uh you know and this is something that 
my daughter is in first grade now and we, you know, so we went through her kindergarten year in public school and now she's in first grade. And I feel like, you know, every year they, the, your child gets a little farther from you. Right. And right. a little bit more of their day you don't know about. Like the kindergarten teacher is a little bit more maybe communicative or sharing at home with things that are going on or you feel more accepted in like going into the classroom to right. volunteer or whatever. And then in first grade, it's a little bit less maybe or whatever um and however that happens that's just part of parenting you know that that distance that grows slowly slowly over time until one day they're an adult and you're like what the hell just happened here <laughs> it was like five minutes ago you were born like what happened <laughs> um and uh being a teacher and I feel like as a teacher whether you are a parent yourself or not all teachers have been on the side of the fence where you are teaching the child of a teacher. And so, right. You have a student in your class right. whose parent. Oh, okay. Is a thank teacher. you. Yeah, man. I needed a visual map for that one. It's like, you're a parent. I need like a family tree drawing. <laughs> so one of your students, we've all had the experience of having as a teacher, one of your students has a parent who is also a teacher. Right. Sometimes they're a teacher in your building. Sometimes they're a teacher elsewhere, but we've all had the child right. of a teacher and, um, and uh, some of us, I've not had this experience, but, uh, I know a colleague of ours had this experience having the child of the principal mm -hmm. in her class. And that would have been, I think, terrifying to me. <laughs> um, so I'm grateful that I did not have to go through that, but who knows, maybe in the future. Um, and so, and I feel like there's a lot of worry on both sides now being the on the other side where I am the parent in that scenario where I'm a teacher and my child is a student you know somebody right. else. um on both sides I feel like there's a lot of worry or stress about like measuring up hmm. to the other person and that's just maybe it's just me and my weird brain but um and so it's you know like being a teacher and feeling like the student whose parent is a teacher, that parent is going to be judging me because mm -hmm. they know how to do my job and they know how to tell if I'm doing a good job or not. Um, and that was always really a stressful thought to me, especially as a green teacher, you know, um, already feeling like all eyes are on me and judging every move that I make. Um, and when in reality... I don't know that that was true. And I, I think they don't know my job any better than anybody else. Cause they're not in my room. And, uh, but then now as a parent who's a teacher, I'm very, very cognizant of not wanting to be that teacher parent who like, you know, tries to tell the teacher how to do <laughs> their job. Um, you know, but at the same time, having a little bit of an in of how things, how things work. Um, and I want to tell sort of an, an anecdote here. This is sort of what all brought it to mind for me. Um, my daughter, like I said, is in first grade. And if my daughter's first grade teacher is listening to this, um, we love you. You're doing a great job. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just want to get that off. And the end. Yeah, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, no, and, and she knows about this because we talked about it at, at parent-teacher conference night. So, um, But so my daughter had been coming home, and every day on our walk home from the bus stop, we talk about her day. 
and I ask her lots and lots of questions about her day. And <laughs> she's just, oh my God, mom. But I can't help myself. Um, and one of the questions that I often ask her is, what did you do at recess? Um, and because I tend to be more focused on how she's doing socially and emotionally and developmentally than how she's doing her academics. I'm not worried about cause she's fine there, but, um, just making sure that, you know, she's making friends and she's getting along on the playground and she's, you know, got somebody to sit next to at lunch and that she's being kind to other people, you know, in the hallway and stuff like that. So, um, but she kept repeatedly telling me about how there were days where they weren't allowed to go onto the playground for recess. Mm-hmm. Um, and her story was, and every time it was that somebody got a timeout slip and so they couldn't go on the playground for recess. They had to stay on the blacktop. Okay. And so, you know, somebody so like was acting student. up. student. Yes. One student okay. or two students, you know, like not the entire class, but a finite number of the students, you know, one or two or whatever, um, got into some kind of behavior issue in class right and therefore the whole classroom had their recess restricted to the blacktop and they had to run laps and um and it seemed like every day i was asking her about this this is what was happening mm-hmm. so I have all these thoughts running in my head and i told my husband i said one i'm not worried about running laps like that's fine you know <laughs> yeah. they need the exercise okay <laughs> that's not a problem but i am concerned and upset about the idea that you know, whole class punishment is not effective and it's also a really outdated practice. Taking away recess and free play is a really outdated and effective practice. Um, and I don't like the idea that my kid is being punished for something that somebody else did just, right. you know, as a mom. And, but, and I was getting, like, I'm talking about this really calmly right now. But like, when I, cause, and when I get to the end of the story, you'll understand why. But as this was happening, because it seemed like it was like every day that I would ask about this. And, um, and I would get really heated up when I would talk about it. And my husband was like, just wait until parent-teacher conferences and then we'll bring it up. He's like, because nobody's being, you know, physically injured or bullied or anything that's super immediate. Mm -hmm. We can deal with it then. I will be with you. And he's like, I'm afraid even if you email about it, you are going to (laughs) get just really, really heated. And then it's going to not work out the way that you want it to. I was like, okay, fine. And I kept having to remind myself, I am a teacher, but I am not a first grade teacher. True. So I don't really know her job. And... You know, I taught for three years. She's been teaching first grade for like 17 years. The woman knows what she's doing. You right. know, I would, I think. And, and right. I have a lot of respect for the principal of the school. And I can't imagine that he would have a teacher on his team who was doing something so, like, what I felt like was really archaic right. stuff. You know, like punishing the whole class and taking away recess and... um. So I just couldn't understand it, but I kept getting the same story home from my daughter. And, yep, Mom, somebody had got a timeout slip this morning, so we had to stay on the blacktop. Oh, man. I'm, like, like brokenhearted, yeah. you know, over it. And and also just really mad because I feel like recess is kind of an inalienable right for elementary school kids. <laughs> yes. And I feel like they already don't get enough of it as it is, so why would you possibly be taking it away? 
And so I was like, okay, but I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait for parent-teacher conferences because my husband is a very wise person and he's giving me very good counsel. So parent-teacher conferences come around. We have our conference, you know, talk about her reading and math and all that stuff. And and I said, all right. So I said to the teacher, I said, I need to ask you about something. I said, but before I have a reaction or response to it, I want your version of the events. Um, and she gets this really worried well, yeah. if look I could, on her face. If I had that person, yeah. I'd be like, oh, uh, oh God, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Um, and so I said, and I relate to her. I said, okay, this is what I am hearing at home from my daughter. And like I said before, I respond. And I told her about, you know, what my daughter had been saying at home. And as I'm explaining it, she gets just kind of like, her face kind of gets scrunched up like, the hell are you talking? <laughs> and I tell her about you know staying on the blacktop, and she's like, "Oh, okay, okay." And then so she proceeds to explain what has actually been happening, <laughs> which bears almost no resemblance to the story I've been getting home, which is that there are four first grade classes, and they each have about twenty students in them. So that's eighty children on the playground at the same time and apparently this particular cohort those particular 80 children is a lot mm-hmm. on the playground and there have been some whole playground problems okay with those 80 children plus there's about 10 minutes of recess where kindergarten and first grade are out like kindergarten's recess isn't over okay. when first grade starts so then that means there's like almost 160 kids holy shnikes yeah out at once and it's just bananas so the first grade team came together and decided that in order to make things more manageable while the children were learning how to behave correctly and appropriately mm-hmm. on the playground was that they would alternate days. Two <laughs> classes would be on the playground. Two classes would be on the blacktop. Mondays and Wednesdays were one. Tuesdays and Thursdays, they were switched. Fridays, they would either alternate. And then after a while, they started experimenting with Fridays, everybody being on the playground together to kind of start learning how to do this and if they were on the blacktop there's not a ton of space for running around so they would kind of make them run laps to get that uh, original burst of energy out mm-hmm. and then they had like games and sidewalk chalk and stuff for them to do right and i was like oh well that makes a lot of sense <laughs> and i am no longer upset <laughs> at all and um and then it was funny because afterwards i talked to my daughter and i said so we talked to the teacher about this because i had told my daughter i was like i don't think that sounds very fair, honestly, if that's what's really going on. Um, and so after the conference, I talked to my daughter and I said, so just so you know, it's not a punishment to be on the blacktop. It's because, you know, they're trying to make things manageable behavior wise on the playground. And so mm-hmm. and I said, so Mondays and Wednesdays, you're on the blacktop, but then Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're on the playground. It's just light bulb. I could see you go off in her head. Oh, like in her mind, like, oh, that explains why every Monday and Wednesday somebody's, you know, like, like she's just thinking it happened to be every Monday and Wednesday that they got punished. And it was like, no, she's like, oh, well, that makes sense. And, you know, the teacher probably stood up the first day they were going to do this Uh and explain the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I was probably like your daughter somewhere off in La La. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) And so, you know, that's that man. Students will always if you in absence of an explanation, they will create one. Oh, yes. They will fill in the blanks oh, yes. with whatever wild idea they can come up with. And I think to me it was this lesson of, first of all, like my daughter 
is not the type to lie or... She was telling you exactly as she understood Exactly. It. She was not lying yeah. to me. She's not trying to be malicious. She nope. was not trying to get the teacher into trouble. Not trying or, to manipulate or anything Yeah, like anything that. like that. Or, this you know, garner, garner sympathy. This is what she thought was <laughs> happening. She missed a piece of the information. She <laughs> filled it in herself and then repeated that story re- multiple times. And so I think as a parent, it's a good lesson of, you know... Just don't believe everything your kid <laughs> brings home from school. And certainly there are things where you need to take your kid's word enough that you are willing to go to the adults in the situations and be like, somebody needs to start explaining things to me. Right. Um, and, uh, but, and, and I'm not saying that bad things never happen in school. I'm just saying there are a lot of times where it's really a matter of, a misinformed student right. rather than an adult who's not doing their job right. or who is being malicious. Um, and, um, and I think it goes in the other direction too. I think sometimes kids bring stories from home mm-hmm. into school and we have to be mindful of the fact that <laughs> they might not have all the information. That's true. That's true. Um, so it sounds like there's two halves of this topic. Yeah. One that, uh, we're talking about right now is where you're the parent yeah, and you're in a relationship with your child's teacher, but you're also a teacher yourself. So yeah. you, there's this added dynamic. And so I was trying to reflect as you were talking uh, about, okay, well, how am I as a parent? My son is in middle school. He's in seventh grade now. And I am, I'm pretty hands off. Yeah. Um, Cause I know I, if I want people to trust me, I got to trust my kids' teachers, yes. you know, and uh, if my son were to come and tell me something like that, of sure, course, sure. I would totally just go, well, hey, there's an easy way to clear this up, honey. Yeah. I'm going to have a conversation and, yeah. and it could turn out to be just totally nothing. Yeah. Um, if it is totally something, then we can take it from there. Uh, but yeah, I tend to be very hands off and oh, okay, I, I have to do some like guilty yeah. Talk here. Go you know, for it. He's in the same school system of where I teach. He's yes. at a different school. He's middle school yeah. and I'm high school, but he's in the same school system. Well, everybody in this county has the same like email address. So sometimes when I email the teachers, I'll on purpose use my <laughs> school email. <laughs> Just so they drop in that, that in I'm there. Like a member of the club. Yeah. <laughs> Please treat me nicely. And then I feel really icky about it. So yeah. I've stopped doing that. I've started using like my personal. Yeah. You know, Gmail having that little account. divider, you know. Um, and then. Okay. I just, I just, I'm sorry, but I, I do. Every time I go in there for parent conferences or whatever, I load them up with tissues and hand sanitizers. Oh my God. Like you would not believe. Yeah. And they're just like looking at me like, are you nuts? And then I go, I actually teach school. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh they you give me the knowing look. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. so. No. Every time my daughter's teacher emails home like, hey, we're running low on snacks. I'm like, all the pretzels. I will bring yeah. you all the pretzels. Yeah. Like. No problem. One of the benefits of having my son come home and tell me something like a story that he just doesn't understand. He thinks it's totally unfair and, you know, all this stuff is one of the benefits is I'm able to talk with him and say, um, well, I'm a teacher. Yeah. (laughs) And this may be why they made that decision to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I never try to undermine the system. Yeah. There's been a couple of times that my son has gotten in trouble for things. Um, 
this is the first year that we've gotten an email home where he said a, a bad word in class. Ooh. You know, he, I'm, I'm waiting for that note. Something. I'm waiting yeah, for that note. Well, seventh it's grade happen. is mine. Yeah. But, um, and you know, it was one of those things where he dropped something and mm-hmm. he just went, yeah. yeah, you know, it wasn't, Dah, but yeah. it was a word. Right. <laughs> and, um, and he, you know, there was another instance of a while back, something on the playground, he said something trying to talk trash on the, you know, play yeah. in four square or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you talk trash when you play four square. Of course. And he Highly said a phrase that he did not understand. Oh, yeah. But it, it is, could be, you know, translated as whatever. And I was like, do you, tell me what you think this means. Yeah. And, you know, my son, like your daughter, he's, he's pretty open and transparent with me. He's like, well, it, I thought it meant this. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, no honey, no, that's home. not what it meant. <laughs> and probably once you explained what it meant, he was like, oh, my God, I His said that. His eyes got he probably so really, yeah. bad. Oh. He ended up crying, which oh. actually made me feel good. Because, um, I mean, that means I hit him in the feels. <laughs> well, that means that he really understood the gravity yeah. of what happened. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of, uh, well, not a lot. Let's just say there is a temptation my first knee-jerk reaction is to fend for my kid. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, goodness. that's that's parenthood. And so if he thinks something is unfair or whatever, I'm like, you're right. You know, inside, <laughs> How dare they be mean yeah. to you? I, inside, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm ready to go to that school and talk to people <laughs> and all this stuff. But, of course, my second one is no. Because if I want um, trust from my families of the students that I teach and I want trust mm-hmm. from the community, I have to show that same trust. Yes. I may not understand exactly why a certain decision mm-hmm. was made and I don't need to understand yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, if I can help my child try to come up with possibilities of why that decision was made. Yeah. You know, well, can you think of a reason why they decided to take away, you know, here's an an example, take away recess for everybody. Um, Can you think of why that might be happening? You know, getting them to think outside the box of, it's just not fair because it's not what I wanted. Yeah. Um, You know, being a teacher, I, I say, honey, sometimes I have to make unpopular decisions and, and sometimes I make the wrong decision, and then I then I fix it later. Yeah. I'm, yeah, a, I'm a human. I'm a person, and yeah. your teacher is also a person. But it's a person who's probably making a good decision right now. Right. And you just may not have all of the factors right. that went into it. Um, and so, yeah, and that just reminds me, too, this sort of the same, the realm of the same story in all of this the way that my daughter talked, it seemed like it was the same kid every time oh, okay. who was getting the timeout slip or whatever. So he just happened to be getting timeout every or... Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but and I had met this child at my daughter's birthday party, and he was the kind of kid that you just like you just want to scoop him up and hug him because he's a sweet, sweet boy. But he has more energy than he knows what to do with. Yeah. And he just, it gets him into trouble. Right, and right. and he has a mouth that just doesn't stop telling <laughs> you how much he loves you, even when he's supposed to be doing what he needs to get done. Yes. And, um, and so, and his name is not Peyton, but we'll just call him Peyton just to make the story easier to follow <laughs> along. Um, so according to Charlotte, Peyton is, 
getting in trouble over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself again, my teacher brain kicks in and is like, if you keep singling out this kid, you're just making the problem worse because then he's just going to think that he's, he's bad. And the other kids are going to like gang up on him and think that, right. you know, he's ruining everything. And Charlotte had told me that, um, and Miss Sneed even put Peyton's desk up by her desk and so that she could keep an eye on him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is just like alarm bells in my head. But again, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> I'm sure she has her reasons for doing things the way that she does. Yes. And and so we go to the parent-teacher conference and we talk about the whole recess thing. And um, I had tried to keep an eye out, but there was no desk, like no single desk up by the teacher's desk, <laughs> like where I thought it would be. And my husband afterwards was like, yeah, did you see Peyton's desk? I was like, no. And he goes, it was just the desk that happened to be nearest her desk, like in the <laughs> seating. So it was in a normal pattern of the student desk. Yeah. It just happened to be the one that was closest, the closest Which I'm sure was not a mistake. Well, yeah. But I said a lot of my exactly. students closest to yeah, me. <laughs> that is a strategy that all teachers use. But it wasn't like removed from the population yeah. the way that she was making it sound. And I was like, oh, well, that's just normal like <laughs> that's just good work right there i will um, say in second grade my desk got put out into the hall because <laughs> <laughs> i was talking too much so that was old school that was 1982 yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah i remember her <sighs> Wait, no, no that was first grade it was yeah. first grade mrs burns I yeah. st- if i smell her perfume today it would bring it all back because that woman had some perfume oh God rest her soul. My second grade teacher was, she's not fun. And uh, she was the kind of teacher, you know, you should like write your name on the board and yeah. then you check mark. Oh. And you have to stay in for recess. I remember that. Oh. If you got your name on the board, that was the first strike. Uh-huh. And then check. check. Oh. And I was like a super good kid. The, the only thing I ever got in trouble for was, was occasionally talking. <laughs> um, but in her class, no way. Cause she was super, super mean. And, um, and I just remember one day there was a girl sitting behind me and she kept yanking on my hair mm. and I kept telling her to stop it. And every time I, so then the teacher heard me tell her, stop it and wrote my name on the board. And, and then I said, but I wasn't, I was just trying to get her to stop and then check mark. And I was in for recess <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> she pulled my hair and I'm in trouble. Are you kidding me? Uh, but I, I will say my mom did a good job of staying out of it. Mm hmm. And she would just, and if I came home ranting and raving about something unfair that happened, she's like, so what are you going to do differently next time? Because you you probably have more control than you think, honey. And I was like, so kudos to my mom for just going, well, they made the decision that the best decision that they could under the circumstances. I do not know how to do their job. Yeah. I trust the system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of take a page out of that. Uh, the funny thing, though, an antidote is I teach math. And um, so I remember being with my son's, some of my son's friends, and um, they, his math grade came up or something. Like, oh, it's his birthday party. And they were comparing their, like, little standardized testing scores of on course, math. You know, and I, got this, and I got this, and I got this, and I got this. And Patrick said his score, which, of course, was pretty good. And uh, they were like, well, that's just because your mom's a math teacher. And he goes, she never helps me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. He asked me a question and I'm like, so where are your notes? Yeah. Where's your notebook? Uh Is this, is this how you keep your notebook? Cause we got to talk about this. Yeah. And, uh, and then show me in the notes where there's a problem like this. And then usually he figures it out on his own. Yeah. So like 
I, I'm think I help. I'm helping. Yeah, he doesn't think I'm helping. You, you I'm are helping. Yeah, exactly. Because kids, right. <laughs> kids and adults have a different idea of what it means to be helping. Kids think helping means give me the answer, prevent me from having to do the work. Yeah, and adults think helping is helping you be strong enough to do the work. Yeah, exactly. And um, no, yeah, my my go to is tell me what you have tried. Right. With like literally every problem, my daughter. I can't, uh, mom. That's these, a good one. I got. I these Legos won't one. go together. Well, show me what you have tried, and then she shows me, and then pff, Legos go. To, <laughs> oh well, there you go. There you go. Or she'll start to do it, and she'll be like, Oh, oh, I see what I was doing wrong. Oh, okay. Um, but also, like, I don't want to tell you to do something, and you're like, I tried that, and it didn't work, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm asking you because. You know, I right. don't know. Maybe you have tried all of the things that Because that sense. happens when you're trying to give advice to teenagers, yes. too. Have you tried that? Oh, yeah, I tried I tried it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Show I me. did that. Show me. <laughs> Show me. Did you really know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you tried it, you would have been done by now. Um, oh but no, and another thing as a parent who is also a teacher, you know, and I, I can tell, like, my teacher brain fires on. And so a lot of times what I do is rely on her other parent, um, my husband. Right. And go to him and say, okay, this is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm thinking. Am I in any way rational yeah. in my thinking? Or do I need to step back? When you were talking about your husband earlier and, and how wise he was and how he gave yeah. like his advice, let's just wait until parent-teacher conference yeah. night. I kept thinking... You've uh, that I think you got to surround yourself with people who are sane. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, just yes. um, because I need I need to tell. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what uh-huh. I'm thinking, and to have somebody calmly just say, "Hmm, hmm. how about this?" Yeah. You know, I yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And I think there's value in yeah. what you're saying and what you're feeling. Of course, uh, I think it could be a good course of action to do it this way yeah what do you think yeah you know it's so it's so good to have somebody on your side yeah. so if you're a single parent have that friend yeah have a know. friend who you know like also has children in school because i think that's an important piece mm-hmm. of it it's just not just anybody because right. people who don't have children or people who you're a parent of a teenager talking to people who only have small children i can't really give advice right to a parent of a teenager I mean, I've not done that before, so um, I can't I can't empathize in the same way, Mm -hmm. Um, because what I think a big piece of what you were saying was that part where they say, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. And I understand why you feel that way. I think that's a big part of it, because that was one of the things my husband did say to me was, you know, yeah, no, like if that's really what's going on and the teacher can't explain it to us in a way that makes us feel good about it, then I agree with you. This needs to be escalated because this is a really big issue. But I I think there's probably an explanation. Right. (laughs) So let's wait and see about about that first. That's great. Uh, Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So then having all of this and thinking about, you know, being that parent who's a teacher and not wanting to be, as the kids say or said five years ago, uh, so extra, you know, (laughs) um, being very aware of like, yeah, I want to bring you all of the pretzels and dry erase markers that your heart (laughs) desires uh, for your classroom and help you in any way that I can and be super involved, but also um, stay out of your way and not be a nuisance because as a teacher, I know how unhelpful that is finding that, that line um there and uh you know and also like 
reiterating little things to the teacher. Like uh, I had a question about at the beginning of the year what the expectations were because they were supposed to read every day. And I, mm-hmm. what are the expectations? She brings home books. Is she supposed to read those specific books? Is it okay for her to read books that we have at home? Is there a certain amount of time she's supposed to be reading for? Can mm-hmm. we read together? Does it have to, you know, what are the, because I received like no guidance. Right. And I was like, I just want you to know I'm not pushing back. I just want to make sure that we're doing yeah. What what's you, helpful what to you. What is helpful yeah. to you. So if she yeah. needs to read these books or get so many pages done, that's what we'll do. If it's okay for her to read stuff, you know, free choice, then I'll just have her read stuff that we have at home because, frankly, that's easier for me because mm-hmm. she pushes back when I try to make her read the books yeah. that she brings home from school. Um, and so, but again, if that's what I need to do, right? I'm here to support you, mm-hmm. as you know. Do you ever find this when you're talking to like uh, teachers that it, usually you come out feeling better after the conversation, mm-hmm. regardless if yeah. it's a painful one or not? Yeah. Because um, I find that a lot where I, I really think I'm going to go into this conference and just really I get stressed out yeah. over it, I get a little anxious over it and everything. And then after everything gets out, I'm like, oh, yeah. So much, ten- so much tension has been released yeah. now and I feel much better yeah. and much lighter. So I, to every time I have a parent teacher conference, regardless if they are a teacher or not, mm-hmm. I always tell them, please email me. I do not mind at all. Yeah. I do not feel like it's nagging. I yeah. do not feel like you're being extra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. I, anything. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know what. Any concerns or worries or questions you have, unless you ask. Yeah, and, and if you ask, you know. then I can I can resolve those. And um, even if you just want to say, "Is my kid still doing what they're supposed to be doing?" Yeah, yeah, I, I can yeah. answer that email. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, but then you know, and then on the other side, like being a teacher and having a kid in your class who you know their parent is a teacher mm-hmm. always felt really stressful. Does that me. still hold like kind of stress for you thinking about that situation? Yeah. Like right now? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, and I think reflecting on, on my experience, yeah. again, uh, I've, I've been in that situation, gosh, several times and, um, I've had good experiences, mainly good experiences. Yeah. I've had a few bad experiences, um, just because the bad experiences I had were like in my first two years of teaching where I didn't know how to do anything anyway. And yeah. they were perfectly right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was like a hurt, you know, I got my little ego bruised yeah. a little bit. But um, in the end, I can't argue with the truth. I did need to do something differently. Yeah. And so I, I chose to do something differently in the future. Yeah. And, you know, now I don't run into that. Um I feel like the teachers, the parent, teacher, teacher, parent, whatever, yeah. uh, <laughs> of the kids that I teach are just as nervous as I am yeah. going in to talk to my son's teachers. Yeah. They, well, that's they a good point. They don't want to step on my clothes, yeah. my toes. Yeah. My clothes. <laughs> they don't they probably don't want to step on those either. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to tell me anything. They, they, they don't want to exert their um, ability as a teacher on me. They don't yeah. want... They don't have, they often do yeah. not come in with an agenda and they're, they're terrified that you're going to, yeah, I don't know, think that they have an agenda yeah. or something. And so and I often find, it's kind of like, why are you afraid of spiders? They're more afraid of you than you mm-hmm. are of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that whole thing. Yeah. It's like, I kind of find they're just as 
cautious about the relationship as you are. Yeah. Um, now, sometimes I have to play that tape all the way through of, okay, well, what happens when my principal's kid goes back and tells a principal of something that I did in class out of, you know, context or whatever. And I can spin myself into such a frenzy worrying about something like that. And I have a friend who calls it crystal ball thinking. You're doing that crystal ball thinking again. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't know what the future is going to hold. Yeah. But I feel certain that you have the tools necessary to respond to that situation should it arise. Yeah. Or whatever you... situation does arise. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes nothing ever yeah. happens. And, yeah. and they're like, oh, thank you for teaching my kid. And, yeah. and you're like, oh, wow. Oh, okay, great. Oh, I was yeah. worried for nothing. Yeah. But um, so I just kind of keep that in my head. I think my first couple of years, I was taking making tons of mistakes. I had never been in education before. Yeah, I was a new teacher. I was only 25, yeah. 26. And that's a, another thing I wanted to bring up. I'm going to jump topics here. Cool. <laughs> is I knew everything about parenting until oh I became my a god. parent. <laughs> yes. I was the best mom oh my until I became a mom. Yes. So And then my... I'm such a normal mom. <laughs> <laughs> my first round of teaching, I was like I said 25, mm-hmm. 26. Mm-hmm. Um I think I left teaching at like age 30 and then, you know, got married, had a restaurant, popped out a baby. So I uh, I think Patrick was like three or four when I went back to teaching. Yeah. So I did have like this hiatus in the middle. But bef- it's too complete. I have yeah. so much more patience now. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, I look at my class as they're all my kids now. I don't yeah. know what happens. I popped out a baby and all of a sudden everybody's my child. Yeah. Super I'm maternal. Like, <laughs> yes. And so if somebody's having a hard time, I start crying with them. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening? Because <laughs> I'm an only child. Yeah. And before... In the the pre the years previous, what do you call it? BP before yeah. Patrick, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like really judgy. Like God, you're so over dramatic about yeah. all this. I yeah. don't care. Blah, yeah. Blah. yeah, and then, grow up. Yeah, exactly. Be a grown up already, even though you're like eleven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like these teenagers. Eh, <laughs> eh. Um. And now that I'm a mom, I'm just like, oh, oh, they're my kids. Yeah. And I think you get a perspective of what kids really are they're not adults and they should not be acting like adults and kids who act like adults are not well they're not a thing <laughs> but if you come across one in the wild something is grossly like wrong in that <laughs> and you know the other thing situation. is um i have a much easier time now separating the kid themselves from their behavior yes um whereas i was very judgy in my younger yeah. years of going, they're we a bad all. kid. Yeah. No, they're not a bad kid. They're mm, a kid. They're making a bad choice. Who's making bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the idea that, you know, um, I read recently, it's all behavior is communication, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and keeping that in mind. So they're making a bad choice. Well, why are they making this choice? What right. is, what is their motivation behind this choice? And, 80% of the time, I have no control over whatever it is behind their choice because it's the fact that they didn't eat breakfast or there's a bully on the right. bus or, you know, they didn't get enough sleep or, uh, you know, they are allowed to stay up until 3 a.m. playing Fortnite or whatever. <laughs> um, those are things I have no control over. But if the motivation is because they're really frustrated that I am doing a certain thing a certain way in the mm-hmm. classroom, Okay, well, we can talk about that. Yeah. I might not be able to change it, but maybe I can at least explain 
right. why that has to happen. Well, I didn't mean you to know. jump topics No, that's there, fine. But, um, that's, there is a marked life. difference in when I reflect on my first you know, mm-hmm. teaching part one as opposed to teaching part two where I am a mom. So. Yeah. Um, I do not feel as much stress. I will say that um, uh, sometimes, yeah, I, I can't think of an instance other than those first few years where I was doing everything incorrectly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't think of an instance in recent history where uh, something terrible happened, be- yeah. you know, where I had a horrible relationship with a parent who was also a teacher or an yeah. administrator. Um, so far it's been pretty okay. And I think a lot of it is I, I try not to do anything in my classroom that I would not want anybody to know about or have policies in my classroom that I cannot easily explain Yeah, or do the whole class punishment. I try not to lose my ish. Um, (laughs) and if I ever do, like, I think we talked about this in one of the previous episodes, um, it was a heightened sense of uh, tension in the school, and I kind of, you know, fussed at somebody, yeah. and then came back and apologized later and said, "Look, your behavior is still over here, but my behavior also that not was okay. not the response I am proud of." Yeah, and uh, this is how I would have much rather responded. Um, so I try to keep as you can say, my side of the street, as clean as possible. So that all you're looking at is a pretty clean street. Yeah, Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I think for me it comes, you know, I'm I'm having some realizations about this, which is one, I think a lot of my fear of teaching the child of another teacher is not born out of reality. Because at no time has a teacher come to me and said, you know, hey, my kid is in your class and you're doing a terrible job and why are you doing this and, you know, <laughs> judging me. It's never happened. It, not one time. Right. It's just this, this like, preemptive ang- anxiety of, uh, they're, they, I'm sure, and it's just my brain being my brain, which is convinced that everyone is judging me all of the time because, right. you know, that's all people have time for is me <laughs> and my things. Yeah. Um, when in reality, most people are not thinking about me at all, ever. <laughs> not one That's time. <laughs> like, this is um, so true. I wish I could explain that and bottle that and sell that to teenagers. Uh-huh, yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I will say there is a lot of... Uh-huh. Uh, teenagers who are so... Who just feel so... I don't know, in a goldfish bowl or... Yeah, or, well, it's a very self-involved yeah. I remember developmental the stage, you know? And so, uh, yeah, everything is mm-hmm. about like, everybody's looking at you all the time. And in reality, everybody else is so worried about everybody <laughs> looking at them yeah. that they're not looking at you. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. And That's if true. they are, it's just to think, Oh my God, is, is she looking at me? Is she looking at me? Oh my God. Um, and, but I think it's the same as adults. I, I do it. I do it too. Is that sort of insecurity of, you know, um, maybe a little imposter syndrome or whatever. Right, like I'm right. not doing great and regular parents aren't going to notice, Yeah, <laughs> but teacher parents, they're going to notice yeah, and they're going to judge yeah. me. And, um, you know, and so I think that, but it's never happened. Right. So I just need to be reminding myself of, of actual reality. Um, and two, when you're talking about sort of keeping your side of the street as clean as you can, 
I think some of it is okay. I do. I do. I try to be mindful of like, uh, like you said, not doing things in my classroom that I wouldn't want other adults to know about. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's like I mean, that's a that's rule of thumb. teaching one on one right there, right? Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I would expect to teach in a way that an administrator or another teacher could come to my room at any time, and I would be good. Right. You know, um, and, uh, but I, I think I'm just so worried that I'm going to have this like totally clean street with like one gum wrapper, like on the side. <laughs> and then that's all that people are going to focus on. And sometimes that may happen, yeah. but if you can stand on your clean street and go, wow, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. for Just focusing on that gum wrapper. Yeah. I know in my heart, if that's the biggest I've problem got I got clean street, if that's the yeah. biggest problem I got, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm doing exactly. all right. Your kid yeah. is learning in yeah. a safe environment. It's we're fine here. Yeah. So that's really good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Cause I feel like it has maybe helped me work through oh, good. a good. little of that anxiety, this conversation. And the funny thing is, is that thought's going to come back. Yeah. But maybe it'll come back and the feelings won't be quite as big yeah. the next time around. It'll be a little more manageable and, and, and repeat some of that self-talk of like, no, <laughs> no, I'm good here. I, I believe in everything I'm doing. And I think that's the biggest thing for me to realize is I right. do believe in the way that I run my classroom. And if you didn't, it might yeah. be time to, oh, Get ready to get ready and get out your pencils and <laughs> there you paper go. There and you go. notebooks and, and kind of brainstorm. What am I not proud about? Yeah. And maybe it's time to, to fix those to things. To change those things. Because my first few years of teaching, that was pretty much what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was throwing garbage all over my street, mm-hmm. thinking this is how it was supposed to be done, trying to mimic yeah. my teachers of yore. Yeah. And that wasn't working. Yeah. And, uh, or even mim- mimicking the colleagues around you and what yeah. they're doing. And, that and some of it, my personality. Some of it works, but some of it doesn't make any yeah. sense. And then you can't, you can't back it up. So then your kids are like, is she making the rules or not making the rules? Yeah, and, exactly. Because it's like, I actually don't care yeah. if you sit backwards in your chair or whatever the little detail is that's yeah. so important to your next door neighbor teacher, you know, yeah, exactly. um, or things that aren't impar- important to them, but are important to you. And to be able to say, you know, I believe in what I'm doing. And if any parent wants to come and say, why are you doing this? Whether they're a t- teacher themselves or not, I, I can, I can have that conversation. I can, I can answer that question. Yeah. This is why I'm doing this. Cause I believe in what I'm doing. Yeah. And, um, and I have thought about it. So yeah, you know, a little, yeah, little power to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's good to, you know, shore yourself up sometimes. So thank you for this, this conversation. Cause Thanks I feel for the like, topic. yeah, I feel like it has left me a little, a little shored up. Well, that's here. what it's all about, right? Yeah. Isn't that the whole purpose of this whole thing is yeah. to, at the end of the day, figure out the ways that we can lift each other up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's your question? So you have a question. Our, yeah, question. I know. Uh, for our last segment, usually we, you know, pick something out of a hat or, or, or Brent comes up with something. But um, I had I had one in mind and I knew it wasn't going to be like a whole topic length thing, but uh, I was kind of curious about it. And that is, do you hug students? Ah, OK. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, listeners at home probably could not see my face scrunch up <laughs> like ew. Now it was not an ew face. It was a that's a complicated question. Yeah. Maybe um, that should have been a whole topic. Uh, there have been times where I've now I don't know if you've read. Um, 
read it. I think his name is Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages. I've not read it, but I, I know the, okay. the big idea. I've read it, and um, I feel like one of my love languages is physical touch. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, if I want to comfort or yeah. show, like, I care, um, physical touch is one of my, you know, go-tos. Yeah. But, I mean, as a professional, I don't just go around and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uninvited yeah. touching everywhere. <laughs> Laying hands on everybody. <laughs> yeah. But there have been some times, um, I remember a student ha- had parents who didn't quite understand what she wanted to do. Yeah. Didn't quite understand her goals. She felt misunderstood. And she came and we had a conversation in my classroom after school and it was, you know, very tearful and everything. And, you know, I tried to do the fair share of listening and just going, hey, do you mind if I share some thoughts about what your parents might be thinking and maybe offer some things that you might try out on them. So some, yeah. some sentences to go here, maybe this is, this yeah. will help. Um, you know, and we had that conversation and at the end things were wrapping up and I was just like, um, is it okay if I give you a hug, you know? And you know, it's, it's no worries. If not, I just feel like that's yeah. just the way that I comfort. And she was like, I'd like that a yeah. lot. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I think my question, my answer is, um, yes, I have hugged students, but it's never unannounced. Yeah, no. <laughs> Holy cow. And it's not as often as you would think for yeah. someone who just confessed that physical touch <laughs> is their, you know, love mm-hmm. language. Because um, I, I'm also, uh, I guess, introverted. I mean, if you want to yeah. go with that. My personality is I have a few really close clutch people. Uh-huh. And everybody else is standing yeah. over there i yeah. mean i'm like hey i'll have a good time with you hang out yeah. we'll talk everything but there's just i keep only just a few people really tight so that's where i use most of my you know love language my yeah. my physical touch you know hugs yeah. and things like that um but it i'm not a huge hugger and and sometimes when i'm like uh, i go into like a family gathering type of thing where it's not my family yeah and there are a bunch of huggers. Yeah. And I'm like, I've just met you. I just met you. I don't know if I want to hug you. <laughs> this okay, is my hugging. dance space. This is your yeah. dance space. And I um, I remember being in a relationship with a guy and his family were also the double cheek kissers. Oh. And I would just come away wanting to wash my cheeks because yeah. I also have a little bit of germaphobe yeah. <laughs> in me and like I feel the saliva. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you have to use saliva? Can we just make the kiss noise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. So while physical touch is one of my love yeah. languages, it's also like it's something I protect. Yeah. And I, I kind of give with, um, what's the word, uh, delib- deliberation. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really deliberate about it. But yes, there have been some instances where I'm like, can I give you a hug? And then there's sometimes when students come back and visit. Yeah. And they were just, for some reason, so happy to see me when I could not get them to wake up during class <laughs> um, when I had them. Yeah. And they're like, oh. isn't that amazing when you're no longer the yeah. teacher? They love oh you. Oh my gosh, it's Miss McIntosh. I loved you. And you're looking at them like, then why didn't you do anything I asked you? Okay, anyway. Yeah. And they'll come back with wide open arms, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And yeah. you know, and I, I, I do it, but it's yeah. there's different levels of hugging. Yeah. There's like full body hug, and there's the, I'm just hugging you out of just. Being polite. Yeah. 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 The little but, like, you know, A-frame, yeah, back you, pat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, um, what about you? Um, 
excuse me, my answer I think is also, I mean, it's not just yes or no. It's sort of sometimes yes, but also not other times. And, um, so, and I've, I've realized recently actually for me that, um, my comfort level with hugging people outside of my immediate bubble, cause I'm a lot like you, like I have a bubble yeah. and there are people allowed in the bubble <laughs> and those people can hug me anytime. and I can hug them anytime. Mm-hmm. Everybody outside of the bubble it's very conditional. Yeah. It depends situation. Yeah. What are we hugging about? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I've also noticed that for me, it depends on what my personal stress and anxiety levels are. Mm-hmm. And if my, if I am under a lot of stress or anxiety, I don't want to hug people. I don't know at all. Right. At all. Like, can we shake hands? Mm-hmm. Can we do a fist bump? That would be great, or a high five. That would be cool. And a, I remember a head my nod from ten feet away. Uh-huh. Hey, what's up? Acknowledgement. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got you. I got you. Because <laughs> I remember uh, my first year of teaching, I was under just an ungodly, ungodly amount of stress. I mean, I was a first year teacher first of all, but then I had a lot going on in my personal life that was just incredibly stressful, and so I was like at max stress mm-hmm. all the time, all day long. And I had a student that year who, um, and I felt kind of bad. Like I didn't, that whole year, I don't think I ever had any other student ask to hug me. Um, but of course my first year, so I didn't have that experience of like them coming back, you know, I think, which is right. what happens the most often. Um, but cause it's high school, it's, it's different. Like in first grade, like yeah. my teacher, <laughs> my daughter hugs all of her teachers all of the time. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, elementary school is a whole other yeah. beast. <laughs> um, and, um, <clears throat> But anyway, this is the only student and he is, um, he's autistic Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I felt bad because I knew that this was sort of his way of like trying to make a connection and that Mm -hmm. he really liked me as a teacher, which I appreciated. And, um, after school one day he stopped by to say hi and then he said, can I give you a hug? And I had to say, I'm sorry, I don't really like to hug right now but can we do a high five or a fist bump and he said okay but I could tell on his face he was a little bit like man I put myself out there and but you don't know that for sure yeah yeah it's that's very true could have been like oh okay (laughs) okay whatever and I mean and clearly he got over it because he was my buddy for the next all three years that I was at that school, right. he always came by my room after school to say goodbye. Um, and because he was just, that was his personality. He would go make rounds at right. the end of the day and say goodbye to everybody. He was just the sweetest, big hearted kid. Um, <clears throat> but then I, because, you know, I reflected on that. And then as time went on, I got more comfortable with teaching. I got more comfortable with the space that I was in. My personal stress went way, way, way down. My, Mm -hmm. my personal life, things got really a lot better. And so that by my third year, um, cause I am, when things are okay with me and I have the energy to do so, I am very much like a caretaker kind of person. And Mm -hmm. I just want to love people and I want them to be happy and I want them to be comforted. And so, um, you know, and I had students who like my third year at the beginning of my third year, I saw a student in the hallway that I had taught the year before and he and I had gotten, you know, pretty developed a pretty solid relationship. 
And he saw me in the hallway and like ran down the hall to attack <laughs> me with a hug. And, and I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> and, um, and he is probably the only student that I really like hug, hugged. Because shortly after that, I had learned that his father had just passed away. And mm. he was, that whole year was a big struggle for him. So I hugged him a lot. Yeah. Um, but then I had a handful of other students throughout the year that I would do that you know, just sort of kind of a light yeah. hug because they were really, really upset yeah. or, yeah. you know, something, they were dealing with something difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, or even at the end of the year, at the end of the taking the state, you know, the SOL tests, mm -hmm. I had two students come to my room because they didn't pass and they were oh, both, and yeah. they had like come for extra tutoring and they were really upset because I and I know that they had worked really hard so it was like a big three-person group hug <laughs> yeah. so I was like it's gonna be okay guys no. you're gonna be fine um but That's I just know yeah I just know it's a really it can be kind of a hot topic with teachers mm -hmm. because I think there's a fear and again it's it never depends on the person yeah. if you're not a hugger then by golly don't no. hug and if it if it <laughs> it gives you any sense of pause or concern like oh I just I don't want it to be misconstrued then right. don't just Come up with some other. I like what you said. Can we do a high five or a fist bump instead? Yeah. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, it's nothing. It's not it, you. It's not you. This is me. Totally yeah. me. Um, and and I get it. And I think I get especially for male teachers. There's a oh yeah a big time concern about things being misconstrued. Yes. And but I think for me, it's like what you said. Like it's never unannounced. Like I never would hug a student without right. asking first, or you know, I put my arms out and you come in or don't. Yeah. You know, if you don't, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to, or, and it's never, or it's never, it's usually them initiating. Right. With me. Them, right. you know, sort of slumping their head over on me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, or attacking me with a hug. And then I think maybe I should have a conversation with them about, don't, <laughs> okay. don't do that. In the future. Yeah, in the future. <laughs> just check. Hug, hug attacks may not work yeah. well all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you might need to just, you know, those are reserved for people who it's like a whole That was a good thought. question. A anyway. simple question, yeah. but a good question. Yeah, but I think kind of a thinker. Because, so. you know, we're high school students. And like you said, it's different in elementary yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah, I think in elementary school, if you are going to be the kind of teacher who doesn't hug, like that's a conversation <laughs> you have to have on the first day yes. with your entire class and be like, I don't hug. Here's my alternative <laughs> yes. method of showing and receiving affection. It's the fist bump or the high five right. or, you know, the double tap fist bump or secret handshake or whatever it is you make up with your class. Because I think even in elementary school, even though those kids tend to want to hug everybody all the time, mm -hmm. I think they're also old enough to be able to handle an adult telling them, I don't. Right. I don't like that. I don't want to. And it's not a reflection on you. It's not a reflection on our relationship. Um, I think that kids are never too young to understand that people have different levels right. of comfort around that. So, um, but yeah, like my daughter, like, and she's pretty good about, cause we talk a lot about, you know, asking before you, you hug mm -hmm. somebody. Um, so she's pretty good about, you know, asking, or you've got that established relationship. Like you don't have to ask the same person every right. time if you know that's right. your relationship, you just, whatever. But, um, but no, she just like, all her teachers she's and her mm -hmm. first grade teacher will see her you know out at a pta event my daughter's the kind of kid who like runs across the room like yeah hey <laughs> give me a hug so yeah yeah well cool yeah. Good, good talk episode. good talk
I'll see you later. Peace.